Maybe. Yeah. I to I've never yeah. been to Kentucky before. <laughs> they're closer to Louisville. If you say so, I don't know what the fuck anything is in there. I just know that it's it's initials on the postal code is KY. KY? Yeah. That's what I said to her. Enjoy KY. <laughs> I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. So we had Kickstarter for you uh, for Monday, August 8th? Oh, it's the 8th, right? August 8th. 8-8. 8-8. 8-8, 2022. Wee. Like the 808. Yeah. Kick drum. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode. It was... Uh, in its entirety. In its entirety. I can't believe how long that episode was. It was... Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's still going somewhere. Yeah. It's the longest Kickstarter thing we've ever done. Yeah. But yeah, projection. Uh, yeah, astrally let, projecting. <laughs> Speaking of uh, astral projecting, I don't know. You probably know this, but maybe you didn't get a chance to see it or care to because you've been on the on location for a bit. Um, so Beavis and Butthead return on Paramount Plus. I mean, can we can we tout Paramount Plus any more than we have? Because every time we turn around and no. do something fucking cool, cooler on it, I don't it. know that we can. And I, people, I haven't seen it. Are they grown up? Beavis Butthead. Dude, it's it's so clever. Mike Judge it and it's so great what they did. And then just this past Friday, because that because that movie came out about a month ago. And this past Friday, brand new episodes came uh, have hit uh <laughs> have hit, have hit <laughs> Paramount Plus. It's so damn funny. <laughs> it's the stupidest shit, but it fits our current climate perfectly. It really does. It's a super funny show. I mean, it's just as funny as ever. And what's cool is that for the most part, Judge is only doing the voices. He's letting other people that kind of grew up with the with the show do the writing. So it's been really, really cool seeing that. Uh, but the movie's funny. It's clever. It brings him to 2022 in a funny way. But what's funny is the TV show, the new episodes of the show, have they been 2022? But if you've seen the movie, that may sound strange to you. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's super funny, as always. If you like Beavis and Butthead, it, it, they haven't lost a step. And it actually makes me just yearn for Judge to go back and do some King of the Hill revivals because that'd be fucking kick-ass, too. Yeah, for sure. It's been tough, though, man. It's like you, you, you wish for these things, but our industry is doing some really fucked shit in the last week. And I don't want to get into it too much because if you pay attention to anything about our business, you know what's happened the last week with Warner Brothers and HBO and HBO Max and Discovery. But I'll just say this about it. And we can talk more about it if you want to. But Discovery and Warner Media merged some time ago. And then it got a superficial back in June or April or some shit or whatever. But they did something last week. I mean, I, the idea of pulling an $80 million movie when it's like got three weeks worth of post-production left doesn't make sense at all. I, and I don't know if you know about this, but they pulled Batgirl from HBO Max. It was supposed to be one of those Max originals. That's how it was planned. 
apparently they sent it to a test audience. And I don't understand why you would send anything to a test audience. You have every intention of putting on a streaming service, but they did. Sure. And was ill-received. Ill but the problem right now with, with that company is they got a guy that, you know, sharpened his talons making my 600-pound life and what other reality shows out there um, making decisions about scripted television as if he knows anything. But, oh, we're trying to preserve the DC brand. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Hey, I think, you know. Because he also killed the Wonder Twins and something else. Yeah, he killed some. So he killed some. But all the while, he's got that toxic motherfucker for that did the Flash. And the Flash is in limbo. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. He just had shareholders meeting on Thursday. And he's touted this fucking piece of shit in his movie. I'm like, do you not know what's going on, man? I don't. Anyway, weird stuff going on in our business kind of stuff so when you start hope man i hope they do this i hope they do that and stuff never happens before but now it's really not going to happen now and i feel like we have even less people to sell our ideas to it sounds like less it's it's i don't know man you got when you got you know bean counters and making these decisions we always have but this one was weird isn't it weird for somebody to say oh we're trying to preserve a brand we've already spent 80 million dollars on it let's just go ahead and flush it Here's what I have a hard time with that statement. Um, where was the preservation of DC through all the other shit DC movies that they released? Where was the quality control? No, that's what's weird about it. And he's telling people that's at a shareholder meeting. Do you know what a shareholder meeting want, shareholders want to hear? Do they really want to hear that you could just let somebody spend $80 million and you're not going to at least put it out? Sure. I mean, I mean, what, I mean, what are they afraid of at this point? I mean... No. I mean, they released Wonder <laughs> Woman 84. <laughs> right. This can't get any sink any lower than that. That's what's, so, that's what's so funny about it. So he's got his his slate up there and each, each row's got a, some kind of point they're making, a brand or, or a channel they're proud of. And then they show the brand and they're showing on the brand row, it uh, has the logo for Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. Now, I don't understand why Wonder Woman is listed there. They did two movies, right? And one of which never saw a, a full-on release because of COVID. Okay, put that part of it aside. You can't really blame the people who are in the company. And by the way, at that time, it wasn't the same guy making the decisions, making the decisions. Now that guy lost his job in April. But how do you put those things on there? Okay, Batman and Superman, those have always been a staple, right? But And, and then the brand, another brand they had up there was Looney Tunes. But you know what they didn't have? They didn't have Warner Brothers Pictures. They didn't have New Line. Now, I don't care what anybody has to say about James Wan's Conjuring universe, but that, they grossed $2 billion, that whole universe. What, doesn't, isn't that something you want to like lean on? No, fucking New Line. New Line Cinema, is, they don't consider it anything. I'm like, well, should that surprise anybody? That the guy you know that's pimping all these terrible reality shows for the last 10 years? that he's just like, he's shitting on it and just thinking I'm trying to preserve something I know nothing about. It doesn't make any What's sense funny, to me. funny, man, is that I don't know any of his reality shows. Well, that's okay. Cause you're better no, I mean, off. it's just like, I don't, like, I don't mean it even like, it's just like six. I mean, I, I kind of, when you said 600 pound life, I think I know what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> just at a guess, but yeah. I never don't know what, couldn't tell you what 
uh, network it was on. But they listed property managers as one of their brands. They had like seven brands listed. That's one of them. So, I mean, I expect the guy running Discovery Channel to to pimp some of his Discovery Channel stuff. And and the reason why I keep hitting on Discovery Channel a lot is because at the shareholders meeting, they made an announcement that HBO Max in two years is not going to be HBO Max anymore. It's going to be rebranded. That that service is even in kindergarten yet, and they're already going to be changing it to something different. <laughs> For a guy that's so con- concerned with branding, why is he going to change a brand he's been working on building the last three years? Now we're going to go ahead and <laughs> change it all up. Fucking people, dude. I just don't get this business sometimes. I mean, even that's, I think that's probably the worst part about it is my surprise of being surprised of poor, poor decisions, you know? Yeah. I mean, what's weird is um, HBO Max, it's kind of a terrible name anyway. It, well, yeah. Well, okay. I, I mean, it <laughs> so, would have been, did you, I was a good year into it before I realized what the Max meant. Oh, right. <laughs> HBO Cinemax mashup. Right. Because I thought, I thought they just got rid of Cinemax. It's like J-Lo, Benlo, <laughs> Benloaf. Benifer, Benjo, <laughs> Benjo, yeah, I like to play my Benjo. Oh, here's something else they did something weird. They quietly pulled. Okay, it's called Max Originals. These movies, like you probably saw them on their. Um, I'm trying to remember one specifically, but um, they pulled like six of them. Now Netflix has never pulled Netflix movies. If they're, if they're branded Netflix movies, they're they're always there. They've been there since the first one hit. They're all there. They don't go away. That's the whole point. That's the draw to bring people in. This is our show. This is the only place you can get it. You can't take the idea of bringing in subscribers because you have this content and turn right around and go, oh yeah, it quietly went away. That was something else too, is that they didn't tell anybody. You know, they they usually have a, hey, here's what's coming up and here's what's going away this month. They don't tell you that. They, they, these movies were like not even mentioned. Hey, you remember when there was a, there was an app like early on. And streaming was AB that literally you could go to and would tell you everything that was coming on for the month and everything that was leaving. Yeah. Who crushed that thing? I th- yeah. I think just watch still has some kind of functionality like that. If you created an account and I, which I never have, but I still use just watch to figure out when something is where something is. So we can watch it quicker. Speaking of wackiness, <laughs> And oddness in our business. This is, there was a little bit of a, a big W last week for writers. An arbitrator decided that Netflix had to pay out some residuals. Now, we've talked before on the show, not recently, but a while back, that the thing about streaming services, there's no residuals tied to it. You know, you, you take a little bit more money because you're not getting residuals. Now, what happened in this situation, the reason why there's residuals and it's happened with a bunch of other productions, which I'll get to. This is specifically happened with the movie Bird Box with uh, Sandra Bullock. Eric Kirsier, he's the writer for it. He was the main writer. But what happened was is they sold it to themselves, which is what they do, right? They, it's a Netflix, com- you know, Netflix film, and then they sold it to the streaming service, but they sold it for considerably less. So the points that Eric got, the only place you're ever going to see this was at the sale. This is something that a lot of people complained about for a long time with the conglomerates picking up more and more divisions. Like, and then like, so we can go back to HBO if we wanted to, where Warner Brothers Pictures was selling movies to HBO for 
pennies on the dollar. And of course that cost writers and actors and, and a ton of people, you know, a good chunk of change. Now and you can say, oh, woe is me, poor writers, poor actors and all that crap, but it's contractually there and they're pulling some shady shit. But unfortunately this is where a creative accounting that you've been hearing about for decades doesn't work because it's pretty straight, straight ahead. You pay this much money for something that costs this much money. And, that, and, and the cost of it doesn't matter. How much did you sell it for? Because that there's a very definitive percentage that must go to somebody. And in this case, Eric, he's getting his $850,000 in residuals that he's due for the sale of Bird Box to Netflix uh, streaming service. So, and also here's this shit. Bird Box was how many years ago? Five, four years ago, three years ago? Oh, at least. Well, they're tagged on the interest too. 350K in interest to be exact for a $1.2 million return for him that an arbitrator presented this. But there's more to it than just his 1.2 million because it's a $42 million award to the unpaid writers. That includes another 142 writers affected with other Netflix shows and um, and movies. And then goes, and it includes a couple of well-known projects like uh, the haunting of Hill house and a, a few other uh, uh, Netflix only uh, Mike Flanagan led productions. That's a big deal because that's a, that those movies and TV shows are right, like limited series or draws for people. And that's what brings in subscribers. So, but 42 million is a drop in the bucket <laughs> when Netflix spends money, but we all know, yeah, man. but they're totally in the red. They've been in the red for years. Yeah. And that was always their, that was their MO, right? Like going, Hey, you know what? We'll eventually build up to a point where we have this big old catalog and, um, and then we'll be in the black and they're still not there yet. Even, uh, yeah. They're not hurting for money, man. Yeah. By the way, um, once we figured and finished up Stranger Things 4, which was really fucking good for those of you who watched it, you know what I'm talking about. Is a nice bounce back from a mediocre-ish season three, which was okay. It was okay. It, was, it had moments where it was really great and some that it was. I find that the even number of seasons are good. <laughs> well, this one was exceptionally good. And, it, and if you haven't seen it, you probably already know that it's the nostalgia for the whole series has always been there. But this one was, it was a deep dive into Nightmare on Elm Street in a lot of ways. And you know what's happening on Thursday? The Duffer Brothers are doing a screening of a chosen season four episode along with Dream Warriors. Are they doing that at New Beverly? No, they're doing it at our favorite theater in Santa Monica. Oh, the Arrow, of the course. <laughs> I saw it briefly in social media, but I was... Yeah, that's what it's It was for. in Atlanta where nothing exists but Atlanta. <laughs> and everything that comes with Atlanta, right? Yeah, look... I'll miss some stuff and I won't miss some stuff. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. There's been a lot been going on this last week. It's to say the least, it's a lot going on this past Friday. Dan Trackenberg's prey came out. And if you are aware of it, of course it's a predator. It's from the predator universe and it's a predator and easily, easily the best entry of the franchise. That's not the original. And at times is it better than predator two? Is it as, as much as we love Predator? I love Predator 2. I don't know about I you. love Predator 2. Okay. It's fucking, fucking great, dude. And I know when it, when the when people first announced that it was going to be like a Ripley situation where you had a female lead doing it, I'm like, well, and they're saying, I remember the whole 
anti anti woke campaign people are like losing their shit about it. Y'all can shut the fuck up now because that movie kicks ass. It's so fucking good. It's on Hulu now. If you got Hulu, cool. In the United States, all around the world, it's on Disney Plus. Anything outside the United States, it's Disney Plus. And it fucking rocks. It's beautifully shot. Dan Trachtenberg, you guys know. This is only his second feature, by the way. His first feature was 10 Cloverfield Lane. And for our first feature to work with something like John Goodman and make him scary and likable at the same time is pretty fucking great. But this fucking kicks ass. I don't want to say any more about it. You got Hulu or or, or, or uh, Disney Plus outside of the United States. Watch it if you haven't watched it already. And you're going to find yourself maybe watching it again and again. I watched it twice. Yeah, it's on my it's on my radar. It's on my list. I haven't watched shit. At, well, I'm sure. <laughs> At our favorite place, the Arrow, they did a special screening of it. So it's literally the only place he played on a big screen outside the dub stage. Yeah, I saw that in the uh, yeah. feed. I missed out on it because I had to work. Um, and it's at the Arrow. And it's at the Arrow. But I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a big supporter of Trackenberg. I think he's a fantastic director. And he's also done a couple episodes of Black Window. Black Window, sorry. <laughs> Black Mirror. Black window Black something mirror. else. Black window something else. <laughs> Black window. Oh shit. But yeah. So so you've been shooting a movie, you say? That's correct. <laughs> I remember us briefly talking about it before you left, and I couldn't recall other than it was an it's an Amazon Prime thing, right? It is. It's uh, it's Amazon. It's uh called one fast move. KJ Appa. Eric Dane, Edward James almost. And it involves motorcycles, motorcycles, lots of them racing. You sent me, was it just a test shot where you guys were just doing a setup when you were on the motorcycle? Oh, that was, yeah, that was for the uh, tow rig. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> Stephanie and I were standing in for uh, KJ and. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> him and KJ and I like very much like. It, it works, dude. I'm getting my own movie from that uh, yeah, did clip, you? by the way. <laughs> I just showed the Joey. Get my he's own like, film. Is he had a motorcycle? I'm like, yeah. He's like, so this movie's about motorcycles? I'm like, yeah. Now, I don't usually talk about movies, the movies that you're working on with Joe, because it's, for most part, I don't usually know very much about it. Because as I've said on the show before, uh, you tell me a little bit things here and there, and, but I'm never asking about them. Because I try to keep it all kind of below board anyway. Uh, yeah, know. exactly. And, and, and that's, and for two reasons, for me anyway, I like that you do that because you do that. You kind of keep things low key, but I like it because, you know, I like to watch your stuff without having yeah. too much inside without baseball being, yeah, going on there. Right. Exactly. Without spoilers. and Yeah. I mean, dude, because if you told me too much about Unhinged, I would have not enjoyed the movie as much as I did. And, and that, that's, it's this kind of thing too. I mean, you still got two more movies, not this one we're talking about that are still unreleased and that you did last year. Um, that I'm looking forward to both movies that you did that that Eve Cohen lensed, and I'm looking forward. I mean, what's the word on on that stuff right now? Well, yeah, let's put that aside. Let's finish talking about um, <laughs> your time in Atlanta. One fast move. One fast move. And you, and you will notice something to me, like one of the few times we talked throughout this, because you know, as some people know on Patreon, there I had a lot, I've had a lot of personal stuff going on, and I'm not going to get into that because nobody needs to hear. It. Everyone's got their own stuff. Um, and I appreciate the kind words that I've gotten through DMs and texts and stuff like that. So thank you, everybody. <laughs> One of the things you said to me throughout the production was, 
we're filming a movie that takes place on racetracks in we're shooting in the summer in the South. Yeah. Which is, you know, when you said that to me and I'm like, I chuckled at it. I'm like, that is pretty silly, but you know what? I realize I deal with that every year in a lot of ways. Dude, it's, for, it's because of season. Because of NASCAR, right? Well, plus uh, the track where we shot a lot of the races, uh, they, they do, it's a lot of Fox. Uh, they're tied in with Fox and it's, it's motorcycle racing mostly. Yeah. Because they have- It's we, crazy. Right. Because they, even though you look, you look at Fox Sports now and they don't have all the regionals anymore, they sold us to Disney and then Disney sold out to Sinclair. So Bally Sports Network, that's the old Fox Sports. But we still have international sports and that stuff gets broadcast worldwide too. I'm trying, I couldn't remember when the Atlanta races are for NASCAR. I want to say they're April. Yeah. Let's see. The race, well, here's the thing. We had to reshuffle our, because the Quaker State 400 was July 9th. Yikes. And we had to shuffle our shooting around that. Yeah. So, all I kept thinking about was them being out there with the drying trucks. And, but how long does that take? You got to wait for the rain to stop before you start running that thing. And if the rain doesn't stop, you're kind of fucked, right? Well, it's more about lightning. Well, that too. Um, especially when I you're mean, motorcycles, dude. Especially when you're in the middle of, you know, <laughs> standing in the middle of a track. Yeah. No shelter. And, uh, you know, it's a serious thing in the South in the summer. I would say so. We did end up shooting... We had two full units going. It was crazy, man. Lots of race stuff for second unit, helicopters, all. Yeah, it's it was wild. Yeah, I would bet. And now, was that Atlanta Motor Speedway? Is that where you guys did it? Uh, we shot there, and then we shot at Michelin 400 uh, Road Atlanta. Okay. Piece, a little bit the Linear Speedway, formerly known as Linear Speedway. What's wild about Atlanta Motor Speedway is there's a lot more grass there than I ever thought there was. Oh yeah, uh, the infield. Yeah, there the infield on on the corners is mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 a lot of grass and more than I recall ever seeing. And then I'm not if I remember this right. Isn't isn't the doesn't the pit row between the pit row and the main track isn't there grass there too? Uh, there's some, I think you're in the, in the corner, like, uh, on the ends. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it is. And it has this weird pattern too. It's kind of, kind of wacky. When you're on location, I put the, I put that city or around that, that general area on my weather apps. I kind of an idea what your weather's like, especially with this one, because I knew how much you guys were shooting outside. And I just kept going, Oh fuck, man. Oh fuck, man. <laughs> I hope they're inside today. I hope they can pivot into inside today, man. But there's a certain point though where you run out, you've run out of rescheduling and you can't do that anymore. I'm not saying you guys did a lot of it rescheduling because of the weather, because I mean the weather's a yeah. constant, so you can't do much about it. We shot all their stage sets the first week. <laughs> <laughs> so now just sit around waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting. Shelter in place came like a catchphrase. You guys got pushed two weeks for principle in the beginning, right? Yeah, we pushed for a few things. Yeah, and but but I mean in general, but you pushed, but you still you still wrapped on time. No, we. Uh, oh, I thought I could I could have sworn you're supposed to wrap the the first week of August. I, that's why I remembered. Well, that was when we uh, we were literally it was supposed to. It pushed a few times. At one point, I was supposed to be done before July, like July twenty seventh or whatever the fuck that last Monday. So we pushed a week, and then then we pushed another week. All right. And we shot a couple six days, 
So, you know, it's just, you have to get creative and still it's, it's, we wrapped around the same time, but we shot more days. Oh man. Yeah. Hmm. Well, lots, you know, we had to make up, make up for weather and lost time and it all sort of adds up three hours here, three hours there. For three, you know, suddenly you're minus, you're missing two days. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of days. Yeah. it's a lot of time, a lot of pages. And it, and it really clicked with me when you had said, you made a comment about the, you know, the time of year. Cause as I mentioned, the last five, you know, last four and a half, five months, six months, how shit this whole year for me anyway, has been kind of blurry as far as, time of day, day of the week, <laughs> month of the year has been like that for me. And so like, uh, when you'd send me little photos here and there, when you're on set or you know, you're wandering around like you did. And when you went to the Dodger game, when the, when the Dodgers were in Atlanta, I was like, well, that was super weird that night too. When you did that. Cause I'm like, this is our game. I'm, I'm actually watching it right now. And you were on TV. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Knocking people over. Yeah, long ball was hitting left field, and Freddie like elbowed some woman to get a. I'm kidding. Clean shot at it. <laughs> Almost got it. Almost got it. Very close. Hey man, the Braves were five and zero oh, uh, in games I attended this season. In <laughs> case they want to pay me or ask me to come back. Yeah, thanks for that. By the way, <laughs> it's not my fault. No, I know, I know. And you know, I'm about baseball. I'm only, I'm only into it when uh, it matters. Cause right now it doesn't. It's starting to get, ex- I mean, it's starting to. Uh, well, yeah. Cause the other teams. Trade are, deadline. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the team, cause San Diego made a really nice, some nice moves um, last week. So the, yeah. the crazy thing I saw about a dozen shows while I was in Atlanta, <laughs> <laughs> you know, after not having seen shit for COVID. Right. Thinking I was never going to be in another show again. Uh, by the way, speaking of shows, I'm going to go back to you and you seeing running and seeing churches. You know, and I don't know if I told you this, but that that the, the end of their tour last night, uh, and they're back again. You know, two of the three people in the group live in Los Angeles, and uh, they're going to be at the at the Hollywood Bowl in September. And I, I don't remember you're going to remember this when I tell you. I think anyway. And Grace Jones is making a return to the stage and she's going to be headlining. <laughs> I can't believe that shit. Uh, the Hollywood Bowl and, and uh, Lauren, Ian, and Martin are going to be opening for her. Huh. How crazy, how crazy is that shit? When, was the, when I, I heard about this back before Joey and I went to see them at the Palladium um, in December. And I'm like, holy shit. Part of me was like going, well, wait, I know it's Grace Jones, but why are they opening for her? And I'm realizing that they probably wanted to because that's kind of an iconic situation to be. Yeah, man. She hasn't performed in how many years, dude? 40? Grace? No. She she performed here in 2016. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, it was a big deal. But playing the bull, though, that, isn't that, wouldn't you? I mean, here's the thing that's weird. You saw the show. You saw the the band, they're very affectionate with their lighting and with the projection work, right? And Grace Jones has always been that way. She's always done some incredible visuals live. I'm like, and you and I have been to the bowl enough time to know, do either one of those types of shows <laughs> lend itself well to September at the bowl where that sun doesn't go down till when? No. Yeah, it's weird, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like it's a show that would be better suited Indoors. Late or, or late October. Yeah. Mid-October. 
Yeah. It, it never gets cold here. So no, I just was referring to the ability yeah. to to, to do even, what they do. To do what they do. And it's the same thing. The Greek has the same thing. The Greek's a little bit better because it's so surrounded by trees. Right. And it, and and the bowl's gotten better that way. That's what's always been frustrating during the summertime. Because when the fuck does that sun go down, right? In the summer here. And they always have their big live orchestra playing against whatever movie. And this weekend actually was, they did two nights of Back to the Future, right? Which is cool. And it's always really fun because they show the entire movie in the band plays live. The orchestra plays live for the cues that you're seeing during while you, while, you, while you watch the whole movie. But again, that's to my point. If we've all been done done enough outdoor movies where you got to wait for that sun to go down, otherwise, what's the point? It's like going to see a dark movie at a drive-in. <laughs> what's the fucking point? Right. And by the way, so you mentioned the CD returns, and there you go to any secondhand place. No, Amoeba. Amoeba was never fairly priced anyway, but man, from what I heard, they're like almost retail prices from back when they were first out. I'm like, that's just well, bull- bullshit, man. It's funny, man. The place I went to uh, in Buckhead, Fantasyland Records, give you guys a plug. They're, everything was kind of like five bucks. It was right. high and then buried down to, you know, the dollar bin, but most stuff that I was picking up was like five bucks piece. Right. Then I went to other places where shit was like way too much. I'm not going to pay $8 for a used Pixies disc. (laughs) Pixies. Valoria. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Pixies. It's great, but it's eight bucks CD. Probably already have it. It feels weird, right? I don't buy CDs anymore. I buy a lot of vinyl, obviously, when I buy vinyl. But the last CDs I bought were, I think it was that Prince, Welcome to America. But and before that, it was the Sign of the Times box set. And before that, it was the 1999 box set. And before that, it's been box sets. It's been these special releases. I haven't bought any CD CDs for obvious reasons. Just because, well, not because I don't want them. You know, my truck is a 2020. It doesn't even have a CD player in it. Yeah, it's funny, man. One of the reasons I won't get rid of my car, it has a four-disc uh, carousel <laughs> in it. It's one thing I missed about my old my old cars. I had that until somebody rear-ended me. I was just surprised that they got rid of that. It's not like my truck has a lack of dash space to put one. I, I Yeah, man, it's weird. But I got, you know, I, 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 you know, I hug up my phone to it, so I get my car play. And the good thing is now is like Apple Music's got high-res audio now, so I'm not, you're not really listening to um, a whole bunch of really shitty audio. It's really, it's actually well mixed and and it's a good compression that even the compression is totally unnoticeable. So that's good. But yeah, if I could, if I had a choice, if I had a choice to throw that reissue of Purple Rain in my car, I would do it. But if you want to have a one-to-one version of your CDs in your car, you have to have special apps now. But the you know, Spotify just doesn't cut anymore. I still listen to Spotify a lot because it's easier to make playlists in there than it is with Apple Music. But Yeah, totally. But I find myself listening to podcasts more than anything else these days, which is, I do a lot more driving, see my folks. <laughs> so there's that. Sure. Dude, I did something for the first time since 2013. And I drove from my parents' house to work straight through, just like didn't stop back and sit in, in, in the SCV. I went all the way. I hadn't done that since um, since we were living there in between houses. I don't want to do that drive again ever. And, and it was the summertime last time also. I had just started there. And my, I'll be starting my 10th year 
at FS come September next month. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've the longest job I had before that was NBC before that I was there for six and a half years. It's, which is weird, you know, in this business, I mean, your side of things is a little different because you have a, you have a specialty in, and, and even though I'm freelance, I'm that daily hired type of freelance where I'm sort of a full-time employee, but not really, which is always weird. <laughs> you know, I'm not dealing with 1099s and all that shit here, but it's- Yeah, I mean, I'm full, I'm full-time for 10 or, or 12 or 14 weeks and then I'm gone. Yeah, and then- and then you're doing, and then you're back home surfing. Then <laughs> when you sent me that picture, when you sent me that picture, I'm like, well, no fucking shit. I'm not a bit surprised. It's the first place you went to, man. I mean, where else would I go? <laughs> right. I spent the summer paddleboarding. Yeah, it looked nice. It looked like it was a good day too. It was a good day. Yeah. Um, it's funny, man, because I, I kind of developed a fondness for paddleboarding. Yeah. You know, it was very relaxing. I mean, obviously, I'm not the smartest person in the world because I go out by myself and <laughs> considering you know, things, right? Like, paddle for an hour and then, like, wow, oh, where did I? Maybe, and you know, yeah. have to rely on my sense of direction and also, you know, no water for two hours. Right. You ever notice that, in, like in movies, always cracks me up when they're doing all those aerials and now they're just drone shots where somebody's like swimming out to sea. And we kind of talked about this during the Burt Reynolds the the end episode. Yeah. We're like, wait, how the fuck did he get out there so fast on the middle of no, out that so far away from the shore? What's weird, man, is you don't realize how quickly you can paddle away from shore. I mean, I'm yeah. on a paddleboard and I'm not paddling for speed, but within five to 10 minutes, it was on my own. It's like, well, yeah. You know, maybe I pass another person every now and again. <laughs> it's so weird, dude. I, you know, I gotta say, I gotta say, considering we haven't recorded in a long time, our tech issues were minimal. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're almost non-existent. I expected some, but considering the time frame and we used to bump into stuff when we were week to week, where we'd have some kind of issue. But we got a good internet day too. That's good. And there's no wind. And there's no wind. Always fucking plus. Yeah, man. Um, so go follow the show on Twitter. It's at Karate Pod. Or if you want to follow Corey on Letterboxd, that's at Corey underscore Cope. Or if you want to support the show on Patreon, again, you can do that at patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram or at uh, Tom Cody uh, at Letterboxd. And maybe I'm on Twitter. Mm, or maybe I'm not. <laughs> You'll, you can find out. Tweet me. Or hit me up. Whatever you want to fucking do. <laughs> do something. Reach out. Reach out. Reach out.